A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. Thanks for joining me on a Wednesday morning. We're finally going to see a break in the wind and the rain, and I think that's enough to lift our spirits. This morning, we'll see partly cloudy skies, but it'll be overcast for the rest of the day. We'll have highs near 60 degrees. Winds will be moving at around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we'll see partly cloudy skies, lows in the 40s. Winds will be light and variable. Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will give us a full forecast later in the show, and I think he'll have some pleasant news regarding 70-degree temperatures the rest of the week. Also this morning, we hear from the Agricultural Retailers Association about what's shaking in Washington, D.C. on ag policy. Charity Seebecker also brings us a story from the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection Secretary, Randy Romanski. They'll be talking about how the next generation in agriculture is shaping the industry. And then, of course, stick around for your markets and more. It's all right here. Hey, just because Bavaria sausage has been around for 61-plus years doesn't mean they're not bringing new flavors. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew, ready to serve you at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitch Road, Road in Fitchburg, Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, or online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage on Facebook. Hey, take a look at their new salami sticks, ready for the summer of 2023. They're wood-smoked and crafted using Central European recipes. Every bite's got bourbon flavor with a hint of vanilla, oak, and caramel. Plus, with 16 grams of protein, they're not only tasty, they're good for you. Energize you through the day. That's just one of the new products you can find at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Hey, and right now, you can get 25% off everything in the herring, fish, and caviar category. Go to BavariaSausage.com to find the details and get shopping today. I know our farmers are thinking about the weather and when they can really make strides in the fields this spring. Our ethanol producers are also thinking about the weather and what it means for this year's corn crop. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Neil Kemet is the president of Fox River Valley Ethanol in Oshkosh and Ace Ethanol in Stanley. And he tells me that while we wait for this crop to get going, he's satisfied with the quantity and quality of corn and storage for ethanol production. We also talk about trends in the ethanol market, including the emergency waiver that will allow E15 to be sold at the pumps this summer. Neil Kemet gives us details on that later in our conversation. First, he tells me that export markets are growing for renewable fuels. Japan has recently committed to buying up to 100% U.S. ethanol, and it's a win for our producers. You know, Japan is a smaller, but, you know, all markets are important. Generating those export markets are are great for U.S. ethanol demand in general. So the fact that Japan is going to allow up to 100% ethanol is a recognition that U.S. ethanol is a low-carbon fuel They updated their standards in Japan, and they took another look at where ethanol should be scored in the grand scheme of things regarding pollution, carbon reduction, and environmental impact. And, you know, when they re-looked at the data, uh, they'd kind of unfairly treated ethanol 
in the past, and they, they gave us a much more fair scoring, which then opened the doors to, to allow us to export more ethanol to Japan. So, you know, getting a, a, an important country like Japan, even though the demand isn't huge, but getting them to recognize that ethanol is part of the solution to improving air quality, you know, is a big step towards maybe adoption to other Asian countries. Does the United States have the ethanol capacity to be sending to new export markets? Yes, we do. Um, you know, the U.S. demand typically is around um, 14 billion gallons a year, and production is closer to 16 uh, billion gallons. So we do export a lot to Canada. Um, we're looking to export to other Asian countries like India. You know, they just increased their percentage of ethanol that's allowed to blend and what their blending targets are. So India will continue to be an important country for us to export to. So, yeah, we, we certainly make enough US, uh, ethanol to cover U.S. consumption, but we typically have plenty left over for exports, too. Yeah. How about on the byproduct side of things, like our dried distillers grains for feed, our corn food oil, even carbon dioxide? So the, the 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 distillers corn oil we make the, well the vast majority goes into renewable diesel and biodiesel so we do have another renewable product that we do make from that corn kernel distillers grain is obviously an important revenue source for us as well so you know being able to successfully sell that is important to the profitability of the plant. We do have great both U.S. and export markets for distillers grain. And then more and more you're hearing about carbon dioxide. There's a lot of talk about uh, pipelines being built and pumping carbon dioxide into the ground to lower someone's carbon score. But in the state of Wisconsin, CO2 is a very important product for many manufacturers, such as cheese manufacturers, uh, cheese whey manufacturing, paper mills, um, the meat processing industry, the brewing industry uses a lot of carbon dioxide. So while a lot of people are looking to take their CO2 and pump it into the ground, for us, CO2 is a valuable product and very important to manufacturing jobs in Wisconsin. Neil, when it comes to moving all these products around, how has the supply chain, has it improved? Are, are there still some challenges into getting things where they need to go? There's definitely some challenges uh, that, that still await out there, and I think that there's going to be challenges for the foreseeable future. I think uh, you could argue that we were a little bit spoiled pre-COVID, you know, for the last five, ten years leading up to COVID, that everybody could survive on a just-in-time supply chain. But uh, the world seems to have changed quite a bit since then, and it can be a challenge uh, getting both raw materials and getting uh, products to market from time to time. So now more than ever, we're reliant on trucks and the railroad to make those deliveries, and everybody seems to have labor issues. Everybody's having supply issues with getting the right parts and equipment and stuff in. So it's just a little bit different paradigm that we're living in now. Well, now tell me what's happening at the home plants, one in Stanley and one in Oshkosh. What's happening at the ethanol plants today? We're operating. We're operating at full rate. Uh, first quarter is usually pretty tough in the ethanol industry, and this year was no exception, but we made it through the first quarter in really good shape. And both plants are running all out, and uh, we're looking at, right now, a very successful Q2 coming up. Um, thankfully, we had plenty of corn in our area, so it looks like we'll have enough corn to have a successful campaign uh, through this year. So very optimistic for where we're positioned uh, going into the summer here. So if corn availability is looking good, I assume then you're happy with the amount of corn that's in storage leading up to the next crop. 
Yeah, there's a lot of grain in storage. Now, there, there was a real short crop out west, particularly Kansas and Nebraska, and the basis levels are extremely high there. There's a massive shift in corn from the eastern corn belt to the western corn belt, which is not typical. So you're seeing pretty high basis levels right now, especially in Kansas. Most of Nebraska and western Iowa are seeing some pretty high basis levels, and you are seeing some corn Lots of corn actually getting pulled out in that direction because of their short crop. But in the area here, we're, we were lucky that we did have an abundant harvest. There's still plenty of corn around. Basis levels are going to probably remain firm through this year as, as the West continues to try to pull eastern corn to the West. But we, we do have a home court advantage and that it's our backyard. So, you know, we plan on taking advantage of that. Neil Kemet along with us, the president of Fox River Valley Ethanol and Ace Ethanol, where most people come into contact with ethanol is at the gas pump. E15 is gasoline that contains about 15% of the renewable fuel ethanol. But the law says it can't be sold during the summer months due to smog potential. And ethanol advocates say this is an outdated rule. The Environmental Protection Agency has allowed summer sales of E15 over the past few years to help combat fuel prices. And just a few days ago, the EPA issued another fuel waiver for E15 to be sold this summer. While the renewable fuel industry is happy about the news, advocates continue pushing for permanent year-round sales of E15. We're still looking for a legislative fix for E15. Obviously, we've had it nationwide for the last three years, four years, and you know there was no negative impacts from E15, clearly. So it's, it's just a matter of, of getting the right legislation passed to allow E15 year-round. Why is that going to be so important for ethanol to be able to sell E15 year-round? Well, it, it allows for continuity at the gas station because they don't want to have to switch a pump. You go to a, a quick trip, for example, and they've got four hoses there, and E15 is one of the choices. But then in the summer, now you're not supposed to use it for... Reasons that really don't make any sense. So, you know, just continuity of markets, certainty with the customers. Uh, it's, it's a great fuel. It's the billions of miles have been driven on it. It's a great value. It's higher octane. When I buy it, it's usually between 5 and 20 cents cheaper than just your normal 87. So you save money at the pump at the same time. You know, speaking of prices, as we get into summer travel, road trip season, where are gas prices projected to go? in the coming months that you've heard in your circle. What's normal is for gasoline prices to get more expensive through the summer as demand goes up. So if we're already at $3, and if you look at gasoline uh, demand charts, and if you look at current inventories and production, we're really on the low side of where, you know, if you look at the five-year averages, we're below where we normally would be on five-year averages as far as the amount of gasoline in inventory. So that's concerning that robust driving demand this summer could could definitely increase prices. And yet another reason to want E15 in the summer because then you can blend more ethanol gallons into that gasoline, extend the number of gasoline gallons available and help keep the price down. Neil Kemet offering us a glimpse at what's happening in Wisconsin ethanol production from his plants, Fox River Valley Ethanol in Oshkosh and Ace Ethanol in Stanley. And he continues to advocate for permanent year-round sales of E15, which is gasoline blended with 15% of the renewable fuel, ethanol. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, goodmansjewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report. I think with these warm and dry conditions this week, there's likely to be some first dates in the tractor cab around Wisconsin. It's a good week to be in the buddy seat. It's time now for your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. And Stu, I've been taking the downtown way to and from work these past few days instead of going my my back way on the county roads. So I haven't gotten a chance to see any tractors in the field this week. Did you see anything yesterday or do you expect the majority of the action will start today? I bet it's going to be today when everybody gets back to work, Stephanie. A little damp yet yesterday, a little questionable. Today's certainly by far the better day. Not as windy. That wind, it made it uncomfortable, but helped to dry us out. Certainly, that was a big benefit. But now, we expect to be a little less windy and a lot more sunny. Sunshine, that's the name of the game all across the state. Should be a beautiful day indeed. High pressure is just strengthening off to our southwest and will mean for a nice sunny, bright day. Although winds stay out of the north, they're not going to be very strong. So that sun just does its job, just warms it up and makes it a very, very pleasant day. A look at the radar indicates that we are dry and don't have any big changes. There's some rain way over in eastern lower Michigan and off into the New England states, up around that low that's finally moved off into Ontario, Canada. So we get the break, the dry day today, and it stays dry into tomorrow. But by that time, low pressure begins to build in from the west. And I expect there is some chance La Crosse or Mauston may actually see a little light rain chance, a small possibility, 
toward Thursday later afternoon. And then all of us start to talk about a small chance of rain Thursday night or into the day Friday, lingering toward Friday night. Not going to amount to a great deal. I'd say lacrosse and Boston may be in the, the heavier aspect of this where they could see up to a quarter or half inch. The rest of us, a tenth of an inch or so, not going to amount to a big deal. And in fact, then it does weaken out. So by Saturday, we stand a better chance to have a drier day with very nice temperatures on the above normal side. Sounds very fine as we look on into the weekend. A slight rain chance could pop up again uh, late Saturday into Sunday. I don't expect that to amount to anything. And in fact, by Sunday and Monday, temperatures up into the 70s look to be a little more likely. And see some, I've seen some extended forecast guidance now. I mean, looking off toward the, the middle of April, if you will, from about the 8th to the 12th, that's next week, indicating above normal temperatures. Above normal temperatures, I'll say it again, should be around for us as we make our way toward the middle of May. Absolutely great news to share. I'll have forecast details right after this. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Farmers deal with a lot, including long days, stress, and fatigue. This is your reminder to take breaks, stretch, have a snack, and hydrate your body. Avoid farm accidents by keeping yourself healthy. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how Rural Mutual supports Wisconsin farmers and prioritize safety on the farm. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. No producer wants to wake up to a sick animal, and I know firsthand. BioVet is your solution for healthier animals. A lot of care and a good dose of science goes into every formulation so you can minimize problems and keep your livestock out of the hospital pen. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Stu, I understand why you want to keep repeating that temperatures are going to be above average. I bet this is the time where meteorologists in general are probably the most loved when they're reporting 70, sunny and 75 degrees. Absolutely. And after what we've seen, I know we need that topsoil to warm up even more. So sunshine and those warm temperatures are going to make a big difference and get our crops off to a hopefully better spring and get the rest of them in the ground. Our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update does include a mostly sunny day today, and this will be a fine one, in the upper 50s, maybe low 60s toward La Crosse or Mauston, and the north winds today will be around 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy skies develop tonight, but it clears again later on. Upper 30s, maybe some low 40s in the west. The northwest winds still about 5. Then we're back to a mostly sunny day Thursday and a lot warmer. A lot of upper 60s. Could be a 70 already at La Crosse or Mauston. And the south winds will be at 5 to 10. But that chance of a little rain popping in late Thursday, La Crosse and Mauston. The chance of light rain developing anywhere else in the state than Thursday night. Lasts into the day Friday. Mostly cloudy, some light rain, scattered showers. Will not be a washout. Upper 60s for highs on Friday with the southeast winds at 5 to 10. And even Saturday give you a nice little shot. Mid or upper 60s with some sunshine around. Doesn't sound like a bad way to start the weekend, Stephanie. And I know a lot of guys are going to take advantage. Oh, and I'm not afraid to make any outdoor plans this weekend. I can dodge the raindrops. There you go. That's the <laughs> attitude. Pam, we'll catch you back here tomorrow. Thanks, Stu.
You bet. Have a great day. You too. And if you do get some sprinkles or if maybe you're making headway in the field, we want to hear about it. Send us a text through our talk text line. That's 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Thank you, Dan, for texting us. Dan in Caledonia. We got a gentleman in Alto texting us, Linda in Reeseville, and Stan from the Northwoods. Thank you all for your reports this week. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year... We'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Sprucing up your office space can be pretty darn simple with Office Furniture Warehouse of Madison. We design it, we install it, and we even give you a 5% referral discount. Better yet, we take care of the old stuff for you. You deserve a new look. Impressive office furniture with warehouse pricing makes Office Furniture Warehouse America's go-to office furniture store. Visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on the north side. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Today's story comes to us from a frustrated homeowner. Mother Nature was crafty, her plan was plotted. My windows are drafty, they're broken and rotted. I need new windows installed the right way. I want the best quality and can't overpay. Window World's process was easy and seamless. Best decision ever. Boy, I'm a genius. Call Window World today and be your story's hero. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com, over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert, Michelle Neeson. 
Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom design hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down at the big lake they call Gitchagumi. Has not been a good couple of weeks, two weeks really, for one man in specifically here, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, Grant Bills. Good morning, Evo. It's a solemn day. It, it very much is. Last night was bad news to see for sure. We have uh, the Bucks. Despite what Giannis says, I do believe the season is a gigantic failure. I understand what he's saying, but I do believe it is a failure. The Bucks lose. Yeah. Uh, the sixth time ever, a one seed fell to an eight seed. They're the best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Tough. Uh, then your Sacramento Kings, the beam was not lit. Steph Curry drops a 50-piece. The Kings get exited out of the playoffs. And then Grant, last night, Gordon Lightfoot goes to the great stage in the sky at uh, 84 years young. How are you doing emotionally, physically, mentally? I had like a, I had a thunder to text me. I was at a, I was at fan practice last night. I wasn't even on my phone. And then uh, somebody texted me like, "Hey, do you want me to come over for a drink?" And I'm like, "What? Why are you inviting yourself?" Or he's like, "Gordon Lightfoot died." I'm like, "Oh, now I see. Yes, I would like you to come over for a drink, but I'm, I'm at home." He did live 84 great years, which yes. so, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to lose sleep over a, a, a long life like that that was so accomplished and fulfilling. It really is. Grant, so they say it comes in threes. Uh, one of our listeners, the King, pointed that out too. The Bucks, the Kings, and now Gordon Lightfoot. I, hopefully, your your woes are now over for a while. But my fingers are crossed for you, though. Anything else that you like? Well, you concerned about here? No, I think we're okay. I mean, some funny things have happened this week, like the Boston Bruins losing, and then the Celtics losing last night to a team without Joel Embiid. Like that's pretty funny. So that made me feel <laughs> a little bit better. I really like the Packers draft. So mm-hmm. that's a little, little pick me up. Went to a lovely family wedding this weekend. Nope. So that was great. Oh, Grant! Some people were saying, Yang, "Yeah." Some people were saying yeah. that the Sixers were actually better without the guy that's up for MVP. Well, I mean, 
that's what I tweeted last night. It's like, I, I thought MVP standing for most valuable player. And in the last two weeks, I've seen the Sixers close out a series without Embiid and win game one in Boston on the road and in the second round without him as well. I'm not saying, Rowdy. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Connecting dots. He is, Joel Embiid is so soft. Like, he is beyond soft, dude. Like, the, the kids, they call him Mr. Glass. What I just, mm, something about him, Grant. I don't know what it is. I think it's his lack of availability, maybe, I would say. Maybe it's being, like, 7'2 and weighing as much as a truck and deciding to just fall over every play yeah. and play kind of like a baby. Like, imagine being that baby, though. Oh, the, the things we could do if we were that baby. We couldn't drive but an animal car. Just roll around on the ground. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, You'd have to have uh, the yeah, bigger doorways in your house, too. You didn't want to keep ducking taller cabinets as well. Grant, uh, okay, correct. I wanted to clear the air on something before we talk a little more of Packers. Uh, I have never done a Twitter space, but uh, apparently a lot of drama comes from Twitter spaces. Uh, I've come to find out. Now, I woke up to a message uh, two days ago, uh, I was tagged in a Facebook post and also uh, tweeted at, or it was a tweet invo- with my name hashtag. <laughs> a, 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 a listen, two listeners. Now, I've never met Badger's Bloody. I just know him, his online presence. And I've met mm-hmm. Dave from Monona many times. I wake up to yeah. this, this, this message about how this guy's you know, going to slice and dice and, and, and kill Dave and wants to know where he lives so we can murder him, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, what does this have yeah. to do with me? Uh, I, I wake up and I immediately start laughing because to me it's funny. Like it's, I wake up in the in the morning at 4 a.m. The first thing I read is about is Dave from Minota going on and on about how like he's he's telling me to about what is happening on this Twitter space that I have nothing to do with. Now I thought you were the host and had everything to do with this Twitter space, so I may or may not have said like what kind of Twitter space is Grant Bill's running? Well, Grant, you <laughs> know more about it than I because you are a Twitter space king. What what has happened here? What has unfolded? Well, first of all, I never, I'm never in charge of the Twitter spaces. It's one of my callers, whose name is Tony in Texas, who hosts, you know, Twitter spaces for a lot of sports radio listeners, and it's fun. So we were, there was one on Sunday, and I was just, like, doing some work and, like, farting around cleaning up my apartment. So, like, I was just listening, and I was probably in there for, like, 45 minutes, and uh, two, one of my callers, Big Ron in Jersey, a.k.a. Drunk Matt Arnold, uh, was talking about hockey, and I'm like, I got some things to do, so I left. Uh, and then later I see that Dave from Monona and Badger Bloody Reviews got into it. Here's the thing with Dave. He is blind. Did the chickens come home to roost last night? We'll find out. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome back. I'm Stephanie Hoff along with you on a Wednesday morning. Well, it's May 3rd, and today in the Old Farmer's Almanac, it says, A wet May will fill a buyer full of hay. A buyer, spelled B-Y-R-E, is another word for cow shed. And with rain in the forecast for next week, we'll see if this weather lore holds true. You know, every time I think of having to lift and stack those wet, heavy hay bales, I think of my dad. He was always driving the tractor. I wouldn't have minded doing that part. I know he's listening this morning, and today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. 
No matter if your agriculture background is in stacking hay, milking cows, driving tractor, or leading your 4-H or FFA chapter, the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection wants to see students engaged with state government. That's the purpose of the Wisconsin Agriculture Youth Council. The agency just released the names in the fourth ever cohort. These 14 students will be high school seniors during the 2023 and 24 school year. They serve one year on the council. Secretary Randy Romanski says these students will positively impact the future of the state's agriculture industry. Charity Seebecker has the story. So the Wisconsin A Youth Council is something we just started a couple years ago. And, you know, the, the value is making sure that young people are connected to uh, agriculture, which many youth in Wisconsin are, which is it's great. But the thing that we thought about with the Ag Youth Council is we wanted to make sure we were connecting them to agricultural careers. What we hear when we're talking to anybody these days is they're looking, everybody's looking for people, everybody's hiring. And in Wisconsin, where even if people don't grow up on a farm, they're so close to agriculture, they may not even know where to start. So this is a great way to get them connected to the world of agriculture. It's a competitive process to get in the Ag Youth Council. So uh, young people put their best foot forward, and we've had tremendous participants so far. Through this program, it not only allows students to learn about all aspects of the agriculture industry, but they also get to learn more about what the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection really does and get to learn things on that state government level, correct? That's correct. It's a great way to take young people who are interested in agriculture, maybe interested in a future in agriculture, and make sure that they understand that in Wisconsin especially, the Wisconsin Department of Ag Training and Protection has a lot of connection to the industry. We promote, we are a regulatory agency, uh, we are an animal health agency. So making sure they understand all the aspects of what our agency does, how we interact with the industry is a really positive thing for them to be aware of. They might not, might not know that. So it's a great background for them to have. How is this program now with the pandemic kind of hopefully in our rearview mirrors? What new opportunities or things have been added to the program since it started to really prepare students for their future careers? The one thing that I would say is when we first started this, we envisioned this being like we would get the young people together face to face uh, for their monthly meetings. And the pandemic, among all the other things that it did in disrupting lives and everything, kind of forced us into having these be virtual And it actually wound up being a model that will continue going forward. We realize that these young people are from all over the state of Wisconsin, which is great. So whether they're from far northern Wisconsin or far southwestern Wisconsin or any place in between, they don't need to be on the road all the time. We're going to continue on with the virtual format. One of the things that we've really enjoyed is having office hours. And we have professional people from inside the industry, and it could be anyone from the fabulous farm babe who's done some morning sessions to legislators, to people in the world of agribusiness or farmers. We do an office hour setting where we have professionals from the industry just come and talk about how they've gotten involved in their part of the industry. And that's a voluntary activity that the young people decide to join, and they join because they really like it. We try to keep sprinkling in those kinds of things to grow the program. The great thing about this program is it's it's pretty interactive. It's a pretty robust application process for people to get in. And once they're in, they're in. You know, they're engaged. They pick what times we meet. It's an early morning meeting. It's usually before school starts. These are young people. They might even have chores on the farm. So they're juggling a lot of calendars. So if there's a particular interest area that they have, 
we try to accommodate that because, again, the goal here is to make sure that the young people who are involved in the Ag Youth Council are thinking about their careers. They're thinking about where they want to go. Maybe they ask a question of somebody on our staff or one of the people from the industry that's on office hours. And maybe that sparks an interest later on in life. It's a great fluid process. And as you mentioned, it's hard to become this, but that's great because these are some of the top tier students in Wisconsin that are able to get onto this Ag Youth Council. So can you talk about the application process and that competitiveness of it? They have to do uh, application. They have to do a video, which is something that's beyond my capabilities, Charity. And they have to have letters of reference. And that gets them kind of thinking about why they want to do this and how they want to do this. And we really have outstanding applicants uh, every year. And, and this year is another another prime example of that. And the other great thing about it is we get applicants from all over the state. The beauty of that is agriculture and food production happens all over the state. And so the ability for these young people to connect where they're at or beyond it is really pretty exciting. And the the fact that we have a rigorous application process, they, they step their game up. So these are really active, bright, thoughtful young people. And the thing that makes me think about this is I smile because I know the agriculture industry is, is in good hands and down the line. So obviously, this is a great experience and great opportunity for this youth to be involved. But from your perspective, when you started it to now and being able to watch them grow, what has that meant to you and knowing that you're preparing the future generations? Well, it makes me smile. It's, it's one of the ways that we can and should be trying to contribute. Preparing the next generation is important, I think, no matter what job we're in, but especially important when you're talking about agriculture and food production. The key here is these really bright young people are going to have a whole lot of options available to them. We often learn as much from them as they learn from us because we need to know how to engage the next generation. Mm -hmm. We have so many bright young people here that there are people from other states that are going to be coming to recruit them. So we want to make sure their eyes are open about all their opportunities. That was Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection Secretary Randy Romanski. You can hear the full interview as well as find the links to learn more on our website at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Before we take a look at our markets on a Wednesday morning, I have a story for you about a hemp grower in Adams County who is seeing an increased value for hemp on the grain and fiber side. His name is Alex Moots. He operates Complete Egg Solutions in Adams County. He grows about 345 acres of hemp, grain, and fiber, and then 200 acres of the CBD-style hemp. He says now that the processing equipment has been developed and the market has grown for the fiber hemp products, he's seeing a lot of success. In 19 and 20, you know, everybody wanted to grow uh, grain and fiber, but there were no markets set up. There were, I mean, very little outlets to sell it. And a major problem was the infrastructure and machines used to process this plant have not really (laughs) been developed here in the U.S. for or anyone focused on it has been outlawed. Now that the machines are starting to come here, there's a lot of companies doing some amazing things and building materials, hemp wool for um, for insulation, hemp creeps, which I'm sure you've heard. So as those markets have been developed, the demand has gone up. Again, that was Alex Moots, a hemp grower out of Adams County. 
Taking a look at our commodity markets on a Wednesday, from Chicago, cash corn is down a nickel. December new crop corn is down four and a half cents at five fifteen and a quarter. Cash soybeans are down eight and three quarters. November new crop beans are down seven and a half, trading at twelve fifty nine and three quarters. And July new crop wheat is down two cents at six oh seven and a quarter. Now that the weather is turning around and feels more like spring, remember that you'll start seeing a lot of farm equipment on the roads as farmers start their fieldwork and planting. Remember that we're all sharing the road and we can all prevent accidents on Wisconsin roadways. John Schutzke is an agricultural safety specialist at UW-Madison and he recommends farmers invest in turn signals if you don't already have them on your tractor. We see that there are so many collisions that happen on highways when people are You know, they're motoring down the highway, they're busy, they're eager to make that left-hand turn into a field to begin either tillage or spreading fertilizer or planting. They make that left-hand turn and suddenly somebody's trying to turn on the left or pass on the left and there's a horrible collision. So turn signals are really, really important. Even though in Wisconsin our state law does not require them on older machinery, it is absolutely worth the investment. You can now buy add-on kits and other, you know, sort of retrofit hardware after the fact, it's definitely worth the investment. Road safety is certainly something we can't stress enough this time of year. And now we'll take a look at our dairy markets on a Wednesday. From Chicago, the Class 3 June milk contract is up $0.07, trading at $17.04 a hundredweight. July milk is down $0.08 at $17.66. And looking ahead to August, that's at eighteen forty-eight a hundredweight, down two cents. On the close yesterday, barrel cheese was down three quarters of a cent at a dollar fifty-five and three quarters. The forty-pound block cheese closed down two cents at a dollar sixty-six and a quarter, and double A butter was up seven cents at two forty-two and a quarter. We'll hear from Hunter Carpenter with the Agricultural Retailers Association next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You can hear the corn grow. You can smell healthy soil after a good rain. And you know when your livestock are healthy and when they're not. BioVet loves seeing healthy animals contribute to your farm's productivity and profitability as much as you do. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. really made it when you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. 
Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Here, money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report. There's a lot of moving parts right now in Washington, D.C. when it comes to farm policy. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Hunter Carpenter is the Director of Public Policy with the Agricultural Retailers Association. And we talk about everything from the Farm Bill to energy independence legislation to supply chain fixes. All of it's going to impact their agriculture retail members. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, it's the busiest time of year for ag retailers as they're getting ready to plant. Uh, But Farm Bill is certainly an issue that ARA is incredibly entranced in right now, Um, worrying about can it get done this year, first and foremost, but also trying to preserve our crop insurance farm safety net programs, conservation programs at NRCS, and also trying to make sure that uh, ag retailers have a seat at the table in these discussions with our lawmakers on Capitol Hill. You know, about a year ago, last time I talked with the Egg Retailers Association, supply chain was kind of front and center. Have, has that issue resolved itself? What are you seeing on the supply chain front for our farmers to get access to what they need? I would say that it's gotten better, certainly with the Ocean Shipping Reform Act that uh, helped us on the supply chain side. But uh, we continue to see problems on the rail side of things, um, not only with safety issues, but also with uh, contracts and on-time deliveries of product. Uh, We work with our rail partners to try and prevent uh, those issues from happening, but we continue to be, as supply dealers, it's of the utmost concern that we get our products to our farmer customers on time for their uh, planting season. What are the railroad issues? I think the rail issues are, It's a there's a multi-pronged problem there that we have to uh, approach from a number of different fronts. Safety issues are part of it. Labor disputes uh, continue to be uh, a part of the issue. And I would also say that there are volatile markets that we're involved in, both on the pesticide and fertilizer issue side of things, that we uh, are always trying to stay on top of. So we want not only to get our products uh, to our farmer customers on time, uh, but we also want to do so at uh, price levels that can be uh, at, a, at a level where they're not cut off guard, right? So. Um, We want to make sure that our ag retail members and uh, the suppliers and manufacturers of those products enter into contracts at a a time of year where they know what they're going to be paying for products and aren't caught off guard by market challenges and, and volatility. What's causing some of that price volatility in the fertilizer market today? I think the biggest thing is continued issues on the energy front. So the administration has had policies that we think are intrinsically linked to prices uh, on the fertilizer side of things, uh, particularly on the natural gas side of things, as it's used in a, as a major feedstock for uh, the production of nitrogen and, and ammonia. We want um, to make sure that we support an all-of-the-above energy strategy. Uh, we were supportive of HR1, uh, the energy bill that passed the House. We want to make sure that more than anything, we have prices uh, in energy markets that are competitive, but also we want to cut down on some of the volatility. And I think 
some of the uh, practices and uh, regulations that have been put in place by the administration have played a huge role in um, higher prices on the energy um, markets. Can you tell me more about the all above approach? So what, what are you asking for specifically? Does this have to do with like the wind solar electric vehicle movement? Does this have to do with America still producing its own oil? Yeah, ARA supports American energy independence. We believe that we have the necessary energy inputs available here if we do it the right way. We support, we're supportive of wind, solar, nuclear, coal, hydraulic. Uh, I mean, you know, we are uh, generally supportive of an all of the above energy approach because we think that the more options people are given for energy, uh, the lower prices will be in terms of how that impacts delivery of products. We also have seen, you know, an increase in the price of diesel and gasoline. That affects how uh, products get delivered to farmers. You know, if the price of diesel continues to go up, it costs the farmer more to harvest. It costs the ag retailer more to deliver products to their farmer customers. So energy markets have a huge impact on everything that ag retailers do. Now that's the sentiment coming from the Agriculture Retailers Association, but what's the appetite like on Capitol Hill for that type of all energy approach? Look, we've already seen legislation passed on the House side. We would urge the Senate to take up that piece of legislation. Time will tell on what the appetite is over there. But we continue to hear from our partners and constituents in rural America that the practices of the administration and how they're affecting energy markets are affecting them negatively in a huge way. So those are some of the standalone legislative priorities that, that you're focused on. Now let's talk about the Farm Bill, where you referenced crop insurance, some of that, that climate smart money going to farmers. Tell me more about the conversations you're having now regarding Farm Bill 2023. And one of the biggest ones outside of the crop insurance and conservation programs is We'd like to see a more streamlined certification process for technical service providers. There's been language in the last two farm bills around technical assistance and how that's provided uh, to the farmer customer. And uh, the ag retailer plays a huge role in putting together nutrient management stewardship plans for their growers. We continue to see certification issues and, and uh, NRCS taking uh, a long time to certify TSPs. Uh, we think that the ag retailer wants to work in concert, not in lieu of NRCS staff. We know that they have huge shortages at NRCS uh, at the state levels and trying to get these conservation plants put together. We want to help them do that and fill that gap. Uh, one thing that uh, we see as a huge plus, we expect legislation to be introduced to improve that process and try and give some teeth to the language that we've had in the last couple farm bills so that the TSPs are certified in a timely manner so that these programs and these plants can be put together in a, a way that's effective and can help that grower know what they're going to do ahead of planting, whether that's cover crops or no-till or strip-till and some of these conservation practices that will allow them to, to make a dollar. We're catching up with Hunter Carpenter, the Agricultural Retailers Association's Director of Public Policy. Hey, thanks for tagging along with me on a Wednesday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff. We're getting put out to pasture for today. Back tomorrow morning. This is the Midwest Forum.